0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh,
1: it's a straight up screamer.
2: Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858.
1: Joining us now, Sir John Kerwin to talk uh, the Blues giving uh, the Chiefs the big donut last night in Hamilton. Uh, g'day, JK. How are you doing? Oh,
0: how do you think I'm doing? The Sunday. <laughs> I've had in a hundred million years. Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> hey, we donated, we donated the Chiefs uh, and the Tron. Like it doesn't get better than this, people.
1: It, it does doesn't, mate.
0: Better than, and we and we decided just to make it a little bit harder on ourselves to play for thirty minutes and with fourteen.
1: Yeah, for a while there with thirteen. I did like Roger Randall's halftime comment when he said we knew it was going to have state of origin intensity. We just didn't realise they were going to play with thirteen.
0: <laughs>
1: good, good call though eh? Good call It was good a great call mate I mean that is I mean All, all joking aside It was a fantastic win The defence of the Blues Was absolutely amazing But that is going to be A work on you would imagine At training this week with, From Leon McDonald who We can't be given other, The leading teams back in With our discipline like that
0: oh, I don't know If he'd be too worried About it to be fair I think You know As Marcia would know The game's about momentum And um, you know the three tries that the Chiefs didn't get, and I don't know if that was. I think it was just a little bit of bad luck. Mm. Um, so the, it never felt like the Chiefs. It was their night, but if they score those tries, momentum changes. The Blues goes go under, you know, under a bit of pressure. You know, I thought, I thought the, the you know, the the red card. Um, the yellow the yellow card on Romano was fair. I mean that you know he's got a lot of experience, I what wasn't expecting that from him. You don't buy him to do those types of things on the goal line. Um, but Knox one I thought was you know that was really cynical. So that that one was sort of relatively okay. But I just think that the Chiefs had didn't have a good night. You know you, you score those tries, Marshian life changes, right?
2: Yeah, you do. And and you know when you look at. Though the good sides, JK, like the Crusaders, who, let's be perfectly honest, are not at their best at the moment. But they find a way to hold on against opposition who are coming at them strong. I thought the Blues really showed that type of maturity, which I've not seen for a while out of the Blues side. Because those situations are ones that they tend to lose in the past when, when the going gets tough. But they had some resilience about them last night.
0: Yeah, and that, that's what I was so proud of. I mean, mm. Leon McDonald's, you know, he's managed to do what, um, you know, no coach has been able to do in the last sort of 20 years. That includes me, you know, and that's <laughs> guys staying on their line, getting off their line, making tackles, um, being really tough over the ball. Like, on their own line, they seem to be way more confident You know, sometimes when you're on the lone line and you don't completely trust your defensive line, you get a bit tentative. But man, they were coming off the line at the Chiefs and bashing them, which means you've got confidence um, in the system, you've got confidence in the guys around you. And I think the other positive thing for me, this is a really young rugby team. You know, you've Mm. got Hoskins Satutu, you've got Dalton Popo-Ali'i, who's, you know, probably one of the youngest captains we've ever had. I mean, besides Luke Romano, who's two hundred and fifty-six, you know, all the rest <laughs> of them are, are like are like incredibly young, which is which is good. And I think you know Romano would also bring a bit of calmness. And then, to be fair, Marshy, you know, we I know you're a Crusaders man, but you know, um, that battle for first five in the All Black jersey continues because I thought after having a few weeks off, Bowdoin was exceptional last night. You know, just, he did some exceptional things talent-wise, but right through the yellow cards, you know, I was watching him and he's just really calm, you know, running the football team, kicking the ball down there, you know. So th- we've got an X-Factor 10, which, which gives
2: the team confidence as well. Yeah, he, uh, that was a commanding performance from Bowden Barrett. Really impressive. Uh, what, what about the Blues on attack? It was quite noticeable that their tempo went up. Now, I don't know why... That happened. Maybe it was the occasion. You know, it was the Chiefs who probably had the better of them at Eden Park uh, in a game that they they won. But probably, you know, when they looked at it and reviewed it, didn't deserve to win, but they did. Um, they haven't played the Crusaders yet, and I just whether whether or not they were building towards it. But just the way the loose the, the loose forwards carried, I was impressed that Knock actually cleared the ball with some speed. Bowden's instinct to have to, to really punch onto the ball. Talia having a dig, Peter Feta chiming in from out back, Rico having a go. Like The the tempo across the board was really significantly higher than I've seen it in a long time.
0: I think we saw it in round one. Um, And if I remember rightly, they played incredibly well and lost to the Hurricanes. Mm. But I think it might be Joe Smith, Marshy, to be fair, because what Mm. I've been trying to notice is why is the ball so quick? And their placement is incredibly long. Sometimes mm-hmm. what you're seeing is the ball out the back of the ruck um, with the hands still on it, with two guys past the ball. So I think the only thing I can put it down to is Joe Smith trying to bring some real rhythm to, this, to the attack. And I think that first game, they did it, but they lost. And then they got a bit gun-shy. And we've seen it in patches, right? We've seen it in patches. But last night, I think their attack was... You know I mean the 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 chiefs I looked at the watch I was up and up in the commentary and I said to beaver mate have the Chiefs touched the ball and that was like after 17 minutes yeah. But but you know what it's like when the ball's that fast you can't even get your defensive line set so it feels like you know it feels like you're in a pool and trying to hold your breath you're just trying to trying to get to up and get some air but yeah I, I do think that could be Joe Smith's influence and he wants to speed the game up Speed the game up to get some of the X Factor players like Rico, um, you know, some one on one, because if you slow the ball down, those
2: defensive lines are just too hard. Well, he's got, I guess, some cattle as well, because I'm not sure how far away two of us are shek is at the moment, but Bryce <laughs> Heem is fulfilling that slot quite nicely. Peter Feta looks like he's, he's a fullback that when Bowden Barrett is the general at 10, operates. Perfectly for the team pattern because he steps in as a first receiver. He takes a bit of pressure off with his goal kicking off Bowden. Do you think Bowden played a better game because he didn't have? I know this is, a bit speculative. He didn't have the responsibility to kick in the goals. He just went out and played like he does in the like he had used to do with his brothers in the backyard. I don't know if goal kicking sits on his shoulders that comfortably. Well, I might be wrong.
0: Well, I think he's just saying. You know, at at the Blues, give it to this young fella. Um, I'm coming back from injury, and I don't want that added responsibility. But then also, that's a pretty clear message that he wants his uh, he wants his little bright fullback in the All Black jersey, don't you think? He can kick a goal <laughs> from 300 miles. So, you know, if if a, if a guy does play better without that responsibility, um, and it can free him up to be way more creative. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot going on now on a rugby field, you know. So. Um, I, I remember you saying the other day, why are we playing um, Geordie at 12? And, and I think that's a really yep. decent argument. I want to see him at fullback all year because I think he needs to be our fullback going forward for a couple of reasons. I think when you go to the Northern Hemisphere, you know, he's about six foot five, isn't he? Yeah. So the high ball's not a problem for him. He's got a really good goal kick from 55 metres. So, you know, I think. I think a first five, um, if he doesn't have to kick, so be it. If it frees him up, I think it's a good idea. But we do need to see Geordie, um, you know, because the only the only thing that Bowden will be saying, well, you know, if if you're going to compare me to Richie Moanga and he is actually um, he's actually kicking, is that going to come into the selection discussion, Marshy? Mm. You know, what it's like, oh, do, yeah. you, you know, oh, we want to play Will Jordan at fullback. He doesn't kick. Oh, okay. Well then, we'll play, we'll play Moana and Will Jordan instead of Barrett and Barrett. Mm, <laughs> so true. you know, you I, I think you need those need to have those open discussions that it's not going to hinder his selection. But I do also believe that if they do want him to kick, then he does need to kick for the Blues
2: because I just think it's a rhythm thing, it's a pressure thing, you know. Um. Well, I won't have a good rest of the Sunday if we if I stay on the blues train, JK. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll move on a little bit because I can see you're in such a good mood. Uh, I know you're on the tools for Sky last night. Did you did you happen to catch much of the Crusaders game? And if you did, what did you think of it? And secondly, did you see the finish? And what did you make of the uh, the contest in the air between Artie and Scott Barrett?
0: Well, I I think there it was common sense. So I. I thought that the defending player could not attack the opposition player in the air. So once you realise that he's caught it, you've got to let him go. Right? That's what I thought the rule was. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because the touch judges apparently I've found out since the touch judges gone actually. Um, there was no infringement. But my problem my problem with that is that they go to Nick and Someone, they, someone should be rolling away. So yep. my my real question is this: What does it hurt in such a tight game to go upstairs? I mean, we go upstairs if someone trips over nowadays. You know? <laughs> so with such a big with such a big moment in such a big game, why don't why don't you just go upstairs? You keep Artie happy, you know. You keep the Hurricanes happy; they've got nothing to moan about. And it takes a few more minutes and keeps everyone holding their breath. That's what I couldn't understand you know, just go and have a look, who cares, the game's over, and then we all go, oh, okay, so the ref was right, but looking at it, I thought they were hard done by, because, you know, everyone around me saying, oh, they should have, you know, they should have gone for the draw and gone for, you know, golden point, but I think good on you having a crack, trust yourself, but, you know, if you can't trust the ref to get the decision right, that makes our game very different, you know?
1: Yeah, it does. You're right, You're right, JK. Hey, uh, we've had a couple of texts come through here on 8883 uh, on things we've been talking about as well. This one from Dave uh, talking about Schmidt's influence on the tempo and the defence. But he also said, what do you think about having Barrett's at 10 and 12 uh, and Will Jordan at 15?
0: Um, yeah, look, I think, well, this is what I think. I think that we have a very special um, player in Roger Tuovasa-Shek so I think that um, you know what we're talking about is a guy who I think is going to bring some excitement. Now you know we know he hasn't played, we know he hasn't been there, but what I like to see it, I like to see from 12 to 13 um, two different types of players. So let's say Martin nonu Conrad Smith. Mm. You know you got Ma who would smash you over the advantage line when you need it. Um, then you had Conrad who would be silky. You know just recently we probably had. You know, Goodhue and Anton Leonard Brown. Goodhue, I believe they're thinking at twelve, or they can play thirteen. You know, we, we spoke last year about Nanu or and why they let him go. Um, I don't I don't see I don't see Jordy Barrett giving us anything X factor at twelve compared to what he can do at fullback. So I'd rather have, you know, someone like Roger tuivasa shek or or you know one of the other players that's in that contention. I like Rico at 13, and it'll be interesting to see whether Marshy he thinks he's getting better with his defensive reads. Um, although he probably, probably hasn't been on his best form as of yet. But I just think it'd be a little bit of a waste of Geordie's out-and-out skill. Um, you know, in the air, long-range goal-kicking. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like that as a combination. I think it'd work. But then, the last thing I will say before I throw to you, Marsha, is I always say this every week, 18 tests to go, 18 tests to go. We've got to stop messing around with our starting 15. We've got to get to the World Cup, you know, and Marsha, you know what it's like. You know, sometimes you wouldn't even have to look where your 10 was, you know, where, where mm. Mertz or, or, or DC was because you'd played together so much. You could go with his voice. You need to play together. And so that's my concern. I think we've got to settle on a team and I don't see Bodie being there at 12. Uh, sorry, I don't see Geordie being there at 12.
1: Uh, Marshy, you got one of the things. Marshy had just dropped off. Sorry, JK, but I don't know if you'd, you'd heard, Marshy, but uh, JK was keen to get your take on Rico Yuani at 13 and how his play is developing there, uh, particularly his defensive reads.
2: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm certainly very well aware of his potential on attack. And I think... Was really good last night to see him a couple of times make an outside break. You know, like I've tended to watch him gravitate in uh, and and run from outside to in. But if we're going to utilise his skill set, it's that he's got to stand a defender up and then have a go at him on the outside, which turns the winger in, and then that frees the space for his fullback and his and and his wing. And I think started to see semblance of that last night, and I think that had a lot to do with the, the speed of ball that the Blues were getting. And I think when the ball's static, it's, it's harder for him to utilise his skill set that he's got in terms of his blistering pace. And that's where, he, that's where we don't have a tank in the midfield because he's not a guy that likes really smashing into contact. So that's the head scratcher for the All Blacks. You know, if they don't get quick ball, get slowed down by J.K., um, you know, UK, European defence systems that, that really do style for your ball, you know, is he best utilised at centre?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, we've got to we've just got to settle, don't we? We've got to settle on a team and let them play themselves into it with only 18 tests to go, which is mm-hmm. what I was saying before. You know, I want to see some combinations and these combinations learning to grow and, and really rely on each other. I'm, I'm worried about Anton Leonard-Brown. I don't know if it was... Um, you know, I really like Anton. I think he's an outstanding player. Um, but I don't know if it was the same shoulder that he did. So will he be out for the season? Um, so I reckon midfield, we need to see Roger out there soon. And we need to probably take some risks with him, um, yeah. you know, during the championship in November and just play him. I think we've seen enough to go, well, OK, he's going to bring us something different. And it's it's really what you want. I mean, you know, David, if you're listening, it's really what you want from your 12. So... You know, when I played, we had our our big guy at centre with Joe Stanley. We had our our guys mm. in the midfield that were a little bit silkier. You know, those trends seem to have changed. But getting back to your question, I'd rather see Geordie at fullback than I would at twelve for sure. I think we can, um, I think we can do something different in the midfield. So if, if Roger, two of us, a ship, can come, um, sort of defensive reads out and keep that footwork getting over the advantage line then I think that might be a nice combination. And then at centre, if you want to be a little bit more regimented, you can play good shoot, you, you know, and if you want to have a bit more flair, you can play um, Rico. I'd go with the flair. You know, that's a... How often have we said we've actually got a centre with out-and-out out pace? And then, you know, the wings are another
2: discussion. Where do you put Will Jordan? That's a big one. That's a massive one. And and I think we're starting to create some good headaches, uh... Mate, um, really appreciate you once again joining us on a Sunday. Um, I like you using the word flair, JK, because if anyone sees you stroll into, well, strolling anywhere, to be perfectly honest, with the way that you dress, there is absolutely flair in everything that you do. So <laughs> if the All Blacks can adopt some of that and put it in, onto the rugby field, mate, we're in a good place.
0: We're in a good place, mate. I mean I never worried about tackling Marshy. That was overrated in my day. I invented the drift defence and I drifted onto the touch judge one day, so you was know, long as...
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, have a great Sunday. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much. Too. John Coo in with us. That drift defense into the into the into the front row of the stands, grab a chip some chips and a beer. Marshy, that sounds like the goat, isn't it? Yeah it
2: certainly does. Yeah, no, there was a, there was a few of us that uh, used to do that when certain players were in your way. That's yeah.
1: for sure. Yeah, I can imagine, mate. I can imagine. Hey, just on that, you know, um you know JK talking there about Rico at Centre. He seems very, you know, very on Rico at Centre. Um, I just think with all the midfield options we've got, you know, Fanganuku, Havili, Inor, good Goodhue out of the Crusaders, Thomas Umunga Jensen out of the Highlanders, um, potentially Geordie, uh, then you've got RTS, you've got Anton Brown, Brown, you've got Quintu Paya, you've got Alex Nankerville, who I think has been one of the best midfielders in the competition this season. Agreed. Do you need Rico at centre? Because I can't think of a better left winger in the country.
2: Yeah, it's a great point you make and, and it's a real melon scratcher, to be perfectly honest, for the selectors when it comes time. But it's a congested midfield because there's talented players there. And, and the problem that i have got, which I totally agree with what JK's saying, he, what what you want, any good centre pairings in the world have got synergy. They've played a lot together. They know each other's idiosyncrasies. They know their movements. Chopping and changing players regularly in, in, in 12 and 13 in particular has an effect on everyone. Has an effect on the way the fullback reads his center, where he's going to find his space. It has an effect on the wingers, whether the guys are you know, the center's a good distributor or the 12's a better distributor, whatever it might be. But when they all start to play together regularly, that's when that's when you develop the, the combinations that make everybody else around that that particular part of the field operate more effectively. And I think that's the stage that they've got to get to now does that mean they go through a teething process of giving two to three to four players an opportunity in either jersey god I, i'm not sure but i think they've got to have a clear this is a challenge for the selectors, like the selectors and coaches which i think there's what well, how many of them is there now <laughs> they've, added, they've added more there's about eight of them that <laughs> <laughs> they've got they've got to get to that first team that they're naming, and be reasonably sure of the two players that they think are going to carry this team all the way to the Rugby World Cup as a combo. That's the challenge for the selectors,
1: if you ask me. Yeah, that's it's finding that Nonu and Smith and just playing them, and yeah. playing them, and playing them. Yep. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, that,
2: that, that whore and that little, you know, the, the, the great centre combinations of the world have led to great teams uh, in their time, and, and you know, and including the All Blacks. Yeah. so you know I think they that's a challenge for them because we've just named god how many seven or eight players that are playing pretty good rugby and they've got to find two good ones out of that that they can think that they they can pair together to take us through barring injury to win a world Cup in France as a combo
1: yeah, and that's gonna be uh that's gonna be key, particularly with uh all the injury uh you know, the potential of injuries as well. We have yeah. had a few texts through on double eight, double three. Um Dave has said Rico is too greedy to be a center, but he likes Geordie and Bodie as a as a ten twelve combo because they're natural and they have X factor. Um he also reckons that RTS isn't gonna be ready for the Rugby World Cup and that he's too small
2: yeah look, I, I think um, the power that RTS has he is not probably as bulky as some of the other centers we've spoken about, but what I was really impressed with the earlier games that I saw him play uh, was his his impact into into contact. So his foot speed and and the way that he entered into the contact he's so explosive, so powerful that he gets away with probably not carrying as much weight as others. so, I don't think that'll be a disadvantage to him. And he'll know and get better once he gets more games under his belt of areas where he can punch rather than use his footwork. And when I mean punch, he's use that explosiveness into the contact zone um, and, and power his way through. Look, um, there's no doubt that, you know, Rico is is a work in progress at centre, but, you know, his, his ability to be able to grease players with the speed, you know, I tend to agree with you. Again, they've got a decision to make there. Mm. <laughs> you know, do they do they say, right, Rico Iwani, we're we're picking him as a winger and he is going to be our starting winger on this side, blah blah blah. Or do they say we're going to pick him as a utility? Um and on the other point, look, I, I agree with what will with what JK was saying about Geordie Barrett, but man, He's impressed me at 12. Mm. He really has. And that that gives them the option because like, every time Will Jordan touched the ball like last night, I think just about everyone in the stadium held their breath. And to me, I think we mentioned in commentary, he looks like he is two to three seconds faster than anyone else out there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that opens the opportunity for them to pick a Rico on the wing because they don't have to fill the spot to get that guy on the field somewhere